0: I learned fail in 2018. Watched it in Cook Park, and I thought I was going to throw up. Like I just, it was a horrible feeling. You wanted to win, but you just felt like, oh my god, if if they do win, and they haven't been there. Like, is it worth it being over here?
1: Subscribe to the OTBGAA Podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The news round
0: on Off the Ball
1: with Gillette. Start your day in flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. You're very welcome, along off the ball coming at you on a Champions League evening uh, of course but also it is Manchester City against Arsenal which it's fair to say is to the fore for most people this evening Mark Lawrenson will be watching the game like many of you he'll join us at full time to give us the lowdown also on the football show Manchester United into Qatari hands a distinct possibility Nuruddin Chowdhury is a football writer focuses on Manchester United uh, he will discuss what are disgruntled fans to do Wednesday night rugby with Andy Dunn and Jerry Thornley after 8 o'clock and then Jen Hogan of the Irish Times with us as well as is Dr. Orla Farmer multiple All Ireland winner of Cork a PE teacher a lecturer in sports education Uh, they will be discussing what more could be done to support younger female athletes going through the challenges that come with sport and puberty 53106 the text number we're at off the ball on Twitter Michael McCarthy here in studio hello hey Joe and Richie McCormick come on in hello Joe, how are you? I'm very well, very well. So, uh, busy evening. Andy Dunn, Jerry Thornley, uh, sw- oh, I mean, swaggered Same in team, here. Joe. They swaggered on in. Didn't we tell you, they said. First thing, Jerry, didn't I tell you? 10 to 15, what were you worried about? Uh, so, they're on the way after 8 o'clock. It turns out Andy Dunn had an effect on this match, which you just will not believe. <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally on the plane of the match. Uh, Make obviously knows the story because Andy was in earlier on. Could you even guess, Richie? I'm not going to tell you, so let's not drag this out too long. Could you even guess, how could Andy Dunn have had a very real concrete effect on what happened between the white lines? Uh, beyond him
0: scarily accurately sure. predicting the margin of victory. Like, I, I don't know, did France do the old trick of, of, of printing that out? However, you might print out a video <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, having it embedded in the dressing room wall, mm-hmm. replaying on a loop over and over again. Um, I don't know. I, I know I'm, I'm actually I'm actually stumped.
1: I know. And, there's and, no way you could you, do it. This there's, there's, no such an could unfair question. there's no way you could guess. And it is so much more real and concrete and physical than anything to do with psychology. It's going to blow your mind. I mean, it actually... We interrupted we to the game? No, no, no. It's a teaser. After was he
0: not lot. up in the stand with Steve-O like?
1: That oh, was he was up blow. in the stand. He was it? on the stand, all right. And he managed to effectively halt the game for a period. Uh, this is going to blow your mind. Right at the start, 8 o'clock. Tune in. And then tune oh out. God. No problem. You can go off the Richard it, McCormick it, cliff edge at 8. Now, 10. That,
0: now, that, now, that is what you call a forward That so is well, a forward sell. We don't do that
1: very often. No. You can't accuse us of it. But in this case, this is a story worth hearing. And this is not clickbait. I mean, when it's revealed, you'd be like, "Oh my God, is that why that happened?" <laughs> we are kind of clickbaiting it. Like we I mean, were talking, we're talking about everything but here. <laughs> we're sold enough to... clickbait is when you open it and it's like, "Ah no, there was nothing in that." No, no, yeah, that that's
2: uh, yeah. I would still say that we are baiting the. There's a there's a discussion that the teasing about clickbait in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a, not always negative. I never. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. Like as someone who worked online for something, if you if you give someone the, if you give someone the the goods, yeah with the
1: tease, then yeah. it's acceptable. No, I'd the see. goods are coming. Yeah. This will give you a laugh. Uh, football show, Nurdin a uh, really uh, incisive football writer, uh, Manchester United supporter, I'm, uh, he teases out what are disgruntled, socially conscious Manchester United fans to do, which I guess is a dilemma for uh, those fans potentially very soon. So that's on the way on the football show after nine. Not quite as explosive as me versus Arthur oh. on a slight tangent last night about Oof. the same subject. Uh, I think... To give a spoiler, uh, Nurdin is rather depressed by the whole scenario and ultimately, what are fans to do? I don't know. Stop supporting this team that you've loved your whole life. Yeah, that's not really an option. And, I, and luckily, I don't hear too much of that.
2: Because you don't want to be going down the unrealistic, uh, you know, this like... We want kind of like viable solutions or or something that can make a difference or even make a, a reasonable stand even if it doesn't make a difference let your let your feelings be known but i don't think you're going to say right i'm not a manchester united fan anymore i'm going to pick stoke you know i just there's nobody that's not going to happen you know so um they yeah, are which they, does lead you into that as you say maybe i'm a
1: bit depressed by the whole thing and well, where they, do we go with this they are well practiced at loving the club and hating the owners it's not exactly a new frontier for them is the point yeah uh, jen hogan of the irish times wrote a piece yesterday which was widely discussed and shared uh, I would I presume by lots of parents uh, facing this issue so any text messages into 53106 would be uh, great. We'll put them to our two guests. Jen is going to join us and then Dr Orla Farmer, multiple All-Ireland winner with Cork as well, who's also a PE teacher and lecturer in sports education perfectly placed to uh, discuss, discuss, I suppose to quote Jen's piece uh, the question posed in the piece is are we doing enough to support are preteen and teen girls to ensure they don't feel the need to miss out on sports when they're menstruating. Mm-hmm. I suppose the more high profile examples of women's sport um, uh, thinking of this issue is is the uh, multiple teams now which have changed to darker shorts. Yeah. Simple change but a, a change I suspect Uh, Men wouldn't have initiated in the previous decades, wouldn't have been thinking in those terms. But the piece goes far beyond that and certainly talks about uh, teenage girls, preteen girls dealing with this issue, with their sports teams, with male coaches. And to be fair, across the board, all the people spoken to, various coaches, there's a real uh, desire on everyone's part to do the right thing. This isn't like a contentious debate. Uh, This is lots of people saying... Like, this is a no-brainer. We need to think in these terms. What can we do? What is best practice? Yeah. Awareness, I think, is a big thing as well because I think, like, even going back
2: two years ago, this is a, a personal example, but, like, the... Um, the... Uh, Fingallians, my local GA club, right? You would see the matches. You go walk in the park and see them and it's, like, the girls' team wear navy shorts, the boys' team wear white shorts. And, like, as recently as, like, maybe two years ago, I was, like... Why are they separating them like that? You know, it's like I think it was a a, a a decision based on maybe trying to have that bit of separation or being a slightly different club or something as opposed to, you know, a, a much more reasonable and uh positive, uh, you know, way to do things. You know, and I didn't even know that. The first time that I ever came up For me, a man, a you know, a sheltered, privileged, whatever way you want to call it, was when the England uh, football team during the Euros that they would ultimately go on to one win were in a dispute with the FA about not wearing white shorts. Something that the FA didn't buckle on madly, and even a year later, that feels crazy, doesn't it? Like, um, so I think that's like awareness on that particular issue, but also overall, like it is one of many issues that is stopping. Girls staying in sport once they reach puberty. All of the facts and figures, we've all seen them for many, many years. The drop-off is astounding at that like, age of, kind of 12, 13, 14 um, from girls playing sport. And the more that we can do for health reasons, if nothing else, to uh, alleviate that issue, the better. And I do, think, I do think awareness is a big part of it because, again, I really don't think we were talking about this a
1: year two years ago. No, not so much. Interestingly, there was another uh, quote in the piece. It is predominantly on sport, but one of the coaches, male coaches, who was talking about what they do with the team he coaches, just threw in the observation that my daughters won't cycle to school because they have to wear a skirt. That's bizarre. It could be changed as easily as changing a pair of shorts, which is another point.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, so, I think uh, sorry the school yeah. uniform thing. Have you never thought of this? Like, as like over the years, like how like weirdly like just barbaric is far too strong a word but like it's just, it's just needless it is to make like girls go to school in skirts in the middle of winter mm. at 7 and 8 o'clock in the morning it's just like one of those weird things based on like a tradition and nothing else there's literally no reason for that to be the uniform and there some schools let girls wear trousers when they want to but even that you have to make a stand and you have to stick out and nobody wants to do that and other schools don't other schools deny that right like you know this is the
1: uniforms. the uniform so yeah anyway Jen Hogan and Dr Orla Farmer with us half past seven any uh, anecdotes lived experiences thoughts 53106 or uh, tweet us at Off The Bulb just be interested and we can put them to the guests when we have that discussion Uh, we should press on with the news round brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day Uh, Richie have you thought yet what Andy Dunn might have done
0: <laughs> I can't. It's like, like from that, like I know how far the press box is up from the pitch.
1: Yeah, it's so so how good. he could have affected the game. It's so good. What's like, more is, it's like one. I, I mean, it's it's. it's I don't want to give too many clues away. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an. I feel like it's an unforgettable know. moment. Did uh, he have like?
0: Did he have James Lowe's heel on a string? No in Here. some respect and he was the one who was kind of like uh, no, like a yo-yo can, can I give one look? clue no, no, you're going to go too far but they won't know, what, no. they
2: won't know how it happened you'll go
0: too far
1: it. you'll go too far no clues Mick oh, no, this is keep terrible. them guessing no clues <laughs> we've given more than enough <laughs> uh, so
0: it is a busy evening of football ahead surely is yeah uh, despite being taken off with an apparent thigh injury at the weekend Erling Haaland does start for Manchester City tonight in their top-of-the-table clash with Arsenal. The City side shows just one change from their win over Aston Villa, with Nathan Ake starting in defence for Amrik Laporte. Arsenal, meanwhile, are without the injured Thomas Partey, so January signing Jorginho earns a first start for them. Taking it through the sides, Aaron Ramsdale starts in goal as ever for Arsenal. They've got a back four of Takahiro, Tamiyasu, William Saliba, Gabriel and Alexander Zinchenko. A midfield trio then of Jorginho, Martin Udegaard and Granit Xhaka and then Bakayo Saka and Gabriel Martinelli are in support of Eddie Nketiah for City they continue with three at the back Edgerson is in goal for them their defence is comprised of Kyle Walker Ruben Diaz and Nathan Ake then it's that interesting looking midfield with Rodri and Kevin de Brunna at the base. In front of them, Ilkay Gundogan, Riyad Mahrez, Bernardo Silva and Jack Grealish with Erling Haaland leading the line. There's an 8pm start to both of tonight's Champions League first legs in the last 16. Chelsea have brought back in Kaladu Koulibaly and Hakim Ziyech for their first leg away to Borussia Dortmund. And Scott Parker's Club Brugge entertain Benfica tonight.
1: This is a very Pep Guardiola thing to have done at a crucial point in the season. After X number of years, both at City and Barcelona with a 4-3-3 to uh, migrate over to three at the back. We saw him do it against Aston Villa on Sunday. They were obviously very comprehensive winners, but it's, uh, like I said, a very Pep Guardiola uh, thing. As for Arsenal, the a uh, mission uh, certainly softened by Jorginho coming straight in. So they look very strong. This is at the Emirates. Michael, what's going to happen? <laughs> Did I? I didn't watch all of City and Villa
2: because the unprofessional side of me just didn't want to sit through my team getting whooped uh, by City. But I'm interested to see. I I'm interested to see tonight in a, in a in a you know a more competitive game as well what this shape looks like because it's three at the back but there's no wing backs. You know so like Grealish and Mares aren't are still going to be playing as part of a tree you would imagine so. I don't know. Like it's just, are Diaz and Walker going to be de facto fullbacks at times with somebody dropping, with Rodri dropping back, and you know, I, I,
1: I don't know exactly how that well, works. I, but. I would think City fans should be very worried about that three at the back situation. Now Pep has seen uh, all the angles here, and I haven't. But just at a glance, you think where Arsenal can be so brilliant, so you can already imagine at times Zinchenko coming into midfield, Xhaka pushing on and being in proximity to Martinelli. And then suddenly Kyle Walker is saying, well, hang on, my wing back is Riyad Maris.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm numbered th- here. That's what I mean. I wonder, is this two shapes? I wonder, is there a with the ball shape? And then Rodri, uh, Aki would be left back, not Diaz. But I wonder, do they drop into a maybe. four? And maybe that actually protects them a little bit from... You know, the the even with those wing backs, sometimes they they have been they've been left uh, wide open a good few times this year, and it's 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 interesting. I have to say, whatever all we've been negative about Pep all week, I'm intrigued to see a top of the table battle with a with a shape I don't understand in 2023 because that is like that's what that's what football innovation
1: is. You know, it might not work. No, and certainly Rodri didn't do that against Villa. I guess there was no real need. Again, it's a very Pep Guardiola thing. Yeah, very important night to ask his team to do something they just haven't <laughs> never done before yeah and it's worked out terribly over the years as well so see I mean everyone looking forward to this game it's, and, uh, it's so significant Arsenal though like you know
2: we talk about how steady their team is and how it's the same team every week Is like we haven't seen a team like that in a long time yeah is that change now like Thomas Party is not playing and Jorginho is in it's not a bad player to bring in but Thomas Party has been a huge part of what they've done this year and that'll be interesting to see how much they miss him because all the talk has been about the five players ahead of him Mm. all season you know but actually he's been the
1: glue really Rich got a strong feeling either way Uh, I consulted
0: the 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 Oracle of the house on, on Football Matters this morning which was the eldest lad and he suggested a draw this evening and looking at the two sides with the... I don't want to call it experimental because obviously they did it against Villa at the week but yeah. the, there's this thing of of Guardiola and that with the ball and without the ball is actually crucial because watching Manchester United at the weekend they had something very similar whereby they had three while in possession and then uh, they were defending with a four um, like so it does happen it's just so... like it's it's typically Guardiola to almost make a rod for his own back to to offer himself a challenge where he doesn't feel that there actually is one, um, whether Erling Haaland is fully fit, I don't know. But like, th- there's a lot of those factors play into my thought that this actually could well be, could well be a draw, and the two mm-hmm. sides cancel each other out, and kind of hope for drop points further down the line, which to
1: a degree would really suit either one of them, Um yeah, like rather the, than conceding the three here, like. I, I totally agree because people are billing this as well. This is this feels decisive, and um, maybe in a season early. where Manchester City and Liverpool were likely to win every game. It would be mm. decisive. This is not decisive. Not this early in the season. Not when they have to play each other again. And not when both are liable to drop points at any turn. This isn't the yeah, Manchester City Liverpool season of a couple of years ago. No, true. Although Arsenal
2: weren't up until
1: recently, and like everyone would have some kind of wobble. If they
2: come out and win tonight, you wouldn't bet against them going another run again. You know. But I think Arsenal might win. I do. I have a fee. I just have a feeling that you're right. I think there's going to be a chaos factor to what City do, and I also think that Arsenal. Have been well set up and played well against the good teams. I, know, I, I think a draw this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think a so draw. N- none of the three of us are going for a city
1: win, so you know what's going to happen, folks. Uh, I'm with the Oracle. I, I thought when Richie quoted the Oracle, he was genuinely <laughs> going to hit me with Keezy, but fair no, enough. Not, There's only it's it's two Oracles. Someone he respects slightly. Did more. Keezy
0: go with a draw as well? Did he? I didn't see. I didn't
1: see. That's why I was excited oh briefly. So Scared now. We should push on. That's uh, football for the season. Uh, Ireland are chasing a target of
0: 165 in their second Group B game at the Women's T20 World Cup Uh, currently at bat Ireland are 58 for 3 midway through their innings they need 108 runs from 60 balls a daunting task Orla Prendergast the latest wicket to fall uh, for 31 earlier today in that group India made it 2 wins from 2 with a 6 wicket victory over the West Indies
1: I want you to picture the scene right now Hugo Keane has just popped the champagne and is screaming wildly and chugging it That's not happening. No, I wouldn't say so. (laughs) (laughs) But he is a happy man, Richie. Has Andy Dunn provided the champagne? No. Is that what this is? No, 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 no. Uh, Okay. Uh, uh, Hugo Keenan, though,
0: has... He has signed a three-year contract extension with the IRFU. Nothing to do with Andy Dunn. The fullback is to remain with Leinster in Ireland until at least the summer of 2026. Keenan is the poster child for the Irish Sevens programme, graduating from there to become Rob Kearney's heir apparent for both club and country. Indeed, Keenan has started 27 of Ireland's last 29 tests.
1: I'll, I'll touch on this with Jerry, in particular, obviously has a good feel for how the IRFU are operating these days. But with Keenan, his ascent was almost... Uh, so instant, you know, from his debut in 2020, that really, as Richie said, he's played 27 of the last 29 fixtures. He was pretty much uh, first choice from his debut. So early 2021, uh, certainly mid-2021, it was obvious. And yet here he is at 26, only getting a central contract now, which does bring with it more money. I was making the point to Jerry if this was like a Premier League wonder kid and he had even just a a, a two or three-month spell of playing very well, the club would step in and say, well, we can't have you in a paltry 20 grand anymore. It's a new five-year deal. You're up to 130 and you deserve it. Well done. Uh, The RFU don't need to do that and therefore they're not doing that. So they wait until his contract at Leinster runs out or he's running out. He's 26 years of age. And if he was to agitate, what are his options? I mean, he doesn't have much
0: leverage. that's the thing and it plays into the story we'll come to with Wales is you look at the finances around world and European rugby in particular and they're they're just not there plus there is a sense I think from given the way Irish internationals uh, obviously can't stay involved in the international fold should they move to England or France I don't think French and English sides come looking in the same way that they possibly did before because such is the draw to keep playing international rugby for Ireland and to be part of the world number one side that unless they want to pick off people like like we've seen I guess in the past uh, few weeks with the likes of Ben Healy and uh, John Cooney etc those are the ones that could go you're not going to get because the finances just aren't there to do it um, players who are in the front line for Ireland so Ireland and the IRFU can afford to to hold off and wait and and make the right time for the union that is Mm. to to put forward those contract offers
1: yeah definition of a well run organisation with maybe some grumbling from the players Mm. here and there I mean I'm sure Keane was happy enough but
2: yeah, well it's about time he's on it I suppose yeah. and you know just like his importance to the Irish team I mean, you know he's probably the one player we don't have cover for but also like I don't, you know and this isn't like we've had some brilliant fullbacks, and one of them for like, you know, the, the a generational fullback that came right before him, it's unbelievable. But have you ever seen anybody and he does all the other stuff brilliant, the 50-22 at the weekend and all that stuff? Have you ever seen anyone that you're you feel more comfortable with under those like you know the insane high balls that they really have to come from at, at top speed, the fullbacks that you kind of feel like is le- you know, less than a fifty percent chance here. It's not their ball as such, to knock to catch cleanly. Keenan is Unbeatable at it. I, I, every single match that these like, the safety of feeling someone. I think one of them went to Murray at the weekend and he he knocked it on, and it wasn't like Murray's fault. It was yeah. a natural
1: thing for a rugby player to do. Genuinely, well, felt just as good. Rob Kearney for those particular ones, for all of them. How many seasons did Rob Kearney boot the ball thirty yards ahead of him, run after it, and somehow catch it? That it became like a well,
2: that's a different thing that I'm asking I'm you know, talking under any about high ball. as the, as the def, uh, you know in, the, in g- coming to meet the ball yeah, th- as the entire no, French pack th-
1: comes at you I think I you have a bit of recency bias there I think Rob Kearney phenomenal All as right. well I, I don't us version media boys stick No, together. I was
2: going to say there's definitely a little <laughs> bit of this. I, in no way in no way <laughs> denigrating Rob Kearney I'm picking out one particular aspect that's of full back no, play no. that he was brilliant at he was exceptional at yeah, but no. I'm saying that I don't think I've ever it's, it's just he's winning ones that you that he's coming from 20 yards 30 yards deep and he's doing it every single time and i don't know the more i watch rugby the harder they look I have I to say. I'm, yeah. I'm just i think
1: i'm saying carney just maybe
2: it speak. was I, I i they weren't looking hard enough when i was watching <laughs> rob carney yeah, he made back it in the easy. day
1: old oh, man rob yeah <laughs> um so i don't know has own Farrell Dunn tackle school yet he probably has they have a new student he has of course, course yet, he passed, yes. yeah he did he, they have a new
0: student yeah they do indeed France prop Owini Atonio could be available for their final Six Nations game with Wales despite receiving a three match suspension today he was cited for that first half challenge in Ireland hooker Rob Herring that at the time was met only with a yellow card from referee Wayne Barnes following consultation with the match TMO Antonio appeared before a disciplinary panel via video link today and was informed of a six week suspension that was halved due to mitigating factors including his admission of guilt and the third game of the ban will be struck off if Antonio completes tackling school
1: Good, we'll talk to the lads about that. Michael, we had such a sports radio moment there, didn't we? I mean, it was just such an argument about nothing. An argument uh, that I can't even back up. Like, I mean, <laughs> I the, the idea that I would remember every Rob
2: Carney highball yeah. in his entire career is 100 caps or whatever. Like one that know. I don't even care about, but I felt the need to um, go back and forth. Well, yeah, you had to, you know, you're going to be sitting beside Rob at the, you know, in a week and a half. I Come know, here, yeah. like, I'll be
1: like, Rob, were you listening to Off the Ball last Wednesday?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I really backed you up, man. <laughs> I did, yeah. am on your side. Uh, the yeah. answer he'll, he'll respond with was no. <laughs> Uh, so, I went on to check if Richard Keyes did in fact predict this game, uh-huh. uh, and neither on oh do his Twitter nor his website. He just, no, he's he's ranting about VAR on his blog, um, and yeah. uh, he's got a picture of himself with Pele
1: on the front of his website. So, Needless to say, he had the last laugh. I give this to him. It's brilliant, that blog. <laughs> <laughs> it gives you something to talk about every week. It's brilliant. Like, he's never dull. Do you, do you disagree? Um I don't be reading it. which not? It looks oh, like I like a I drop everything. Curiosity's right? website. Oh likes. yeah. yeah. That, well, that's the thing like it looks, it's, it's it's the cheapest <laughs> website like it's practically uh, carved out on stone. But honestly if it pops up on my Twitter feed everything uh, pauses. I
2: rarely do. I normally just take the headlines from the madness that he's talking about. Ah, them, no, you need to read them.
1: They to for you talk about it with Gavin well, Cooney whenever no. he's in. You need to re- you need to read them. Sometimes I'll I'll put the kettle on and really <laughs> Dig into it, put the feet up. Yeah. Uh, Richie's a fan. He knows. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 funny. it's yeah. just very funny. Yeah, it's a ma- it's a man lost in his own his own
1: world, and that in itself is entertaining. Yeah, and leaning into it a little bit. I mean, there is a degree of self-awareness. Yeah, he's like a Tony Hancock character at this stage. So we have uh, maybe time for one more
0: story. Whatever you want. Uh, Do you know what, we'll get to that uh, Wales story because it's taken on different um, twists and turns literally as we speak. The uh, threat of strike is hanging over next week's meeting of Wales and England in the Six Nations. The players are unhappy with the proposals for a new financial agreement between the WRU and the regions. Uh, The threat of strike action remains on the table. The WRU in a statement this evening saying that there is no manoeuvre as regards pay. Uh, An adjunct to that and this has just come through via Wales online this evening as well. Uh, Ealing Trailfinders won't be allowed, obviously, promotion to the English Premiership next season due to their ground uh, not meeting um, capacity standards for the Premiership. They're now exploring the avenue of merging with one of the Welsh provinces and competing in the URC. Uh, so that is adding another wrinkle to the shambles and the mess that is Welsh rugby
1: with that strike backed this evening by their former captain, uh, Sam Warburton. Yeah, it's really crazy. We'll give you the details on why this has happened, the the, the more the boring part on Wednesday Night Rugby later on. That's not a sell. Uh, but a quote from one of the players, just which sums up their predicament. So there's about 70 players out of contract at the end of this year. So one of the players said to the Daily Mail, I can't believe that I'm five months away from the end of my contract I'm eight months away from the World Cup and my future isn't certain yet I can't apply for a mortgage I'm on antidepressants I'm also one big injury away from not having a job in July and yet I'm starting for Wales every week and the union is making tens of millions from international matches so yeah. talk about morale being on the floor there no it's so, grim. and
2: look to story. be honest like there's specifics to this and you'll get into them with yeah. the lads but it also like watching them at the weekend or a rabble, like there was no Warren Gatlin, Magic Warren going to save them. And like, I laugh at all the talk of like, you know, them getting up for Ireland and beating us because the chickens have come home to roost in some ways. Like we've been talking about how the Wales international team has been masking the disaster that's been Welsh rugby for a decade now. Mm. And it's like, it couldn't go on forever, you know, and look at them now, like, you know what I mean? And I think there's like, I'd be, I'd be confident that they'll get the wooden spoon this year. And, it doesn't feel like it's just going to kick on and then get
1: better by the World Cup either. You know? mm. uh, Mick, thanks for the time being. <laughs> you're back with us across the evening. Richie, you're going to love the Andy Dunn intervention. Enjoy that and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Good luck, lads. Cheers.